if you like betting on golf. But everyone that you back misses the cut, get some experts involved. With all the stats and the tips and so much more, cause it's the golf betting system, the golf betting system, it's the golf betting system podcast. Greetings, welcome to the Golf Betting System podcast. This is our 2023 Valero Texas Open Tips pod. Barry O'Hanrahan and Paul Williams join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selection for this week's PGA Tour action in Texas. Good morning, gents. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more information. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world famous golf betting system website with our in depth betting preview. Strokes gained analysis for the Valera. Tournament form statistics, including combi course and current form stats combined. And our new predictor model. All of these features, like this podcast, are completely free of charge with no paywall. We're available on Twitter. Barry's at a good talk golf. Paul is at golf betting. I am at Bamford Golf. Subscribe to the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where this po- podcast is available along with my weekly golf betting show. Now, you guys, as listeners, power this podcast. So we need your five star reviews on Apple Podcasts. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name where you are in the review. Keep them coming, lads and lasses. We need your five-star reviews. You never know. You might be read out on next week's Masters show. Right, this one's entitled Great Show, Five Stars. Morning, guys, and thank you for making my Wednesdays more enjoyable. I'm a postman from Bude in Cornwall, and I look forward to your great stats, picks, and analysis on all events every week, even though I'm not really a betting man. I just love the way you present the show. And that is from Docker, and Docker's in Bude, Cornwall. Fantastic stuff. Thanks for taking the time to... uh... To give us that review, Docker, and, and he's, uh, he's given us four players here, Paul, for um, the majors. Okay. Now, whether this is his official entry into our majors competition, I don't know, but I'll read them out anyway. Masters, Jason Day, U.S. Open, Tom Kim, U.S. PGA. Got a bit left field, but then that's the kind of tournament the PGA is. You know, remember. Remember our friend from Chile who could have won it? He's gone for yeah. Taylor Montgomery. Okay. Ooh, and in the Open, he's gone completely left field. Adrian Moronk. Hmm. I mean, that if we knew be... everything about golf betting, yeah, like we could, but why not? That that would be one a very high priced accumulator, should they all, should all four of those come <laughs> yeah. He, we, we, would he be like the modern Todd Hamilton? He won that. Doesn't look a lot like Todd Hamilton, does he? But no, it would be a Don't. shock. Shock of that multitude, wouldn't it? Yeah. Brilliant stuff. Well, best of luck with those, uh, Docker. Let's hope uh, one or more of those can uh, do the business for you over the major season. I don't want this to turn into a, a world match play loving Barry. <laughs> We've already had twenty minute conversation off air about that. 
But what did you make of the match play? I know that Paul, I mean, I can't, I couldn't believe it. Paul was, well, we were all on Scotty Scheffler. And you've got Sam Burns on the 20th hole, second playoff hole, on his haunches, staring at the ground, hat off, defeated, gone, finished. And Scott T misses that, what, four and a half feet putt? I'm not even sure it was that. Was it shorter than that, four? I'd have said four, yeah. Didn't even hit the hole. It's an open goal, isn't it? You know, effectively for a player, for the world number one, having beaten the man. As you said, he's done. He's beaten. The guy's gone. Cooked. Finished. Gone. Um, and you know, in my mind, that's effectively for the title because you saw what Burns did to uh, to Cam Young in the final. Cam, I think Cam Young had spent all of his um, his energy beating beating Rory in the semis. Yeah, um, yeah. Burns played well. You know, don't don't take it away. There was some fantastic play in the final, but I think had Scotty Scheffler got through, he'd have won, and that would have been a nice uh, nice little win there. Um, but but no, couldn't make the four footer. That's the world number one for you. That's the first bit of fallibility in Scheffler I've seen in a while. Mm. Like yeah. probably this year. Yeah. There was just I mean, and it's it's almost refreshing that he's not the Terminator. You know, that he actually is beatable because it gives me hope for next week that somebody else might have a chance of winning the Masters other than him. Mm. He, he's remarkable at how he just gets through the the iffy holes that he's having where he's just not quite on it generally keeps his bad bad holes to pars or bogeys the guy just does not make many doubles and that is amazing to it's you know it's not about how good his good golf is we all know that's great but it's how good his poor golf is and that's at an unbelievable level to be fair he didn't have his best golf, I don't think, for for much of that. And JT, I know you could see that in stats. Yeah, he was JT he, he was pretty much up a mid table for strokes gain stats. Yeah, you know he played well against Jason Day. Um, Poston couldn't knock him out before that, mm. uh, but he had, he, he had beaten Burns. He'd got you know that's that's the disappointing part part of it is that uh, that 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 match was done and uh, he, he couldn't finish it off. Which um, yeah, you move on. <laughs> We move on. Match Barry. play is brilliant. It, it can I'm do gonna, Barry, I'm going to give you 30 seconds on the match play. <laughs> Why it should stay. I'm, I'm timing it. 30 seconds. Go. I I mean, I could just sit quiet for, for the 29. I, it's just so much fun. It's a refreshing difference from the every other week of the year. Um, and it's a part of golf that is so regularly played by everybody who'll be watching that like the you know anybody watching match play is probably going to be a reasonably hardcore golf fan and if they're not they then get to see a version of golf where they just see two guys facing off against each other and that's engaging as well for the 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 surfing the you know the channel surfing fan mm. i i thought it was a great week um so happened that this week you had a lot of the very good players getting into the semis and they were, you know, it was a highly entertaining week. Yeah. I, I don't know what else to say. Like, you, it's a warm-up of, it gets people talking about the Ryder Cup as well and the President's Cup. So, yeah. I'd love to see three or four match play events a year. 
perhaps that's the way they'll do it, Barry. Perhaps we'll, uh, we'll have a match play event on the years where there's a Ryder Cup. As soon as it's not not allegedly on the schedule next year, but then there's rumours of something the following year. Don't yeah, know. I mean, I don't, wait, listen, I wouldn't want it just um, put every two years just to coordinate with the Ryder Cup and then left out the next year. That would be a bit of a strange mm. cadence. But, I mean, something like, can you imagine a match play event, you know, four events, either kind of side of the majors? You then have, like, this massive series you know, coming along of the majors and the match plays, creating rivalries. I don't know. Um, it sounds like from all the hints we were hearing from players and commentators throughout the week that there, you know, something will come down the pipeline in twenty twenty five, unless yeah. unless they figure out something for next year. But you know, large, big business doesn't change that quickly. Maybe they feel like they need to do a year of this like designated, easy mm-hmm. to digest for the players and accept the changes. Um, a season of that, so everybody's happy. PJ Tour is rock solid. I mean, by that stage, who knows where Liv is, if Liv is still even going next year. It looks like a lot of the things that Liv were attacking have been addressed by the PGA Tour. Um, but, you know, we'll, I guess we'll find out in time. I just, I yeah. hope, I hope that's not the end of it. I'd be really, really distraught if it was. Yeah. Bring it to Wentworth. Thirty-two players, straight match play, boom. Yeah, used to be the uh, the world match play, didn't they, down at Wentworth? Yeah, many let's, moons let's ago. It, let's make that special relationship a genuine PGA Tour world match play at Wentworth. Right, I'm going to uh, enough match play. Uh, let's recap on the Ryder Cup placings. Right, USA Scheffler one, Homer two, Cam Young jumps to three. Will Zalatoris, four. Sam Burns jumps to five. Justin Thomas in the last qualification spot. Auto, six. So you've got some big names out of the top six now. Morikara, seven. Kirk Kitayama jumps to eight. Playing some great golf, Kitayama. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. got to be in line for a team place if he keeps this up. Cantley at nine. Hoagie, ten. Kirk, eleven. Spieth 12. So if that's the way if they kicked, if they picked it all on points, which clearly they wouldn't. Outside, Bradley, Xander, English, Taylor Moore, Finals at 17. Sahith Tigala, 20. Team Europe. European points. McElroy Ram Perez. World points. Hatton. Hovland. Lowry. Matt Wallace, worthy of mention. Wins his first PGA Tour victory last week at Corrales. And what a great victory it was. Minus 19, tournament record. Yep, impressive. Very impressive. European 1-2 there, wasn't it? With Nikolai Hogard in uh, in second spot. Big mm. for both of them. Big, big, big week for both. Hogard's now got a chance over the coming weeks of... A special temporary membership, mm. as yeah. has Ryan Fox. Mm. He only needs like a top twenty something this week to get it. Twenty one. Yeah, I mean, there's a few big names from the European Tour floating around that getting their PGA Tour card, which will, if they <clears throat> take up membership, I'm sure they will. If they're if they're getting it, will 
weakened the European Tour regular events even more. Well, yeah. And then you've got the top 10 going at the end of the year because they'll qualify as well, won't they, mm-hmm. through, through rights. Um, so, yeah. Wallace has got a long way to go, but there are definitely seeds there. I wouldn't even say seeds. Maybe you've, you've got developing root system. We've always been a fan of Wallace on this on this podcast, and I think Wallace in a Team Europe Ryder Cup spot would be fantastic. Mm. Aggressive, determined, yep. doesn't back off from anybody, isn't beaten on the first tee. I think he'd be a welcome addition to Team Europe if he's playing good enough golf, and that's the big if. Yeah, he is right now. He's... Uh... Got to keep it going. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's nowhere near qualification looking at this list, but, yeah. I tell you, there, there won't be many PGA Tour winners um, for Luke Donald to, to select from. Um, mm. that, uh, you know, no. And see, in in that season, PGA Tour winners. And uh, Matt Wallace will be you know, putting his hand up, quite rightly too. Yeah, agreed. Well, let's move on. There's so much to talk about this week. A lot of it not being uh, the Valero Texas Open. Um, worthy of note, our majors competition for 2023, sponsored by Bet365, will close next Thursday when the first tee shot is taken at the Masters. Bear that in mind, listeners. So, if you want to get an entry in play, the rules and competition rules and how you enter are all in the description box of this podcast so yeah what you got you got nine days from this podcast coming out to get your entry in yeah it tends to escalate quite rapidly now with entries so uh and then quite rightly too you know after the match play everyone starts to form their opinions of who's Mm going to go well at the the masters and and from there uh, the other three majors too so yes get your entries in please Another thing that's worthy of note, we've never seen this before, it's brand new, well played to Boil Sports, their live 2023 Masters market is now available. Anti-posts gone. Only with Boil Sports, we're recording this Tuesday morning. They've also got Pick Your Place, which is effectively similar to Each Way Extra on Bet365, so their outright market is default eight places each way of 50 odds. You can choose whether you want it to be 10 places, 12 places, or six places. Clearly, the odds change based upon those. Let me just read out some prices. These are live prices then. Scotty Scheffler, Rory McElroy, 13 to 2 joint favourites. 15 to 2, John Rahm. Then, of course, the big jump. We've got Spieth. And Cam Smith at 16 to 1. JT at 18s. Cantley, Xander, Morikawa at 20s. 22 to 1, Jason Day. Then 25 to 1, Max Homer, Dustin Johnson. Can't remember who he is actually, Dustin Johnson. Does he play some kind of exhibition goal? We've got Cam Young, Tony Finau, and then 28 to 1. Sam Burns, Will Zalatoris, it's 30 to 1 bar. That 30 to 1 player is Sung Jae-im. Now, you sent us a note, Barry, last week, and you gave us a long list of players who you will not be backing at the Masters. You don't need to, you don't need to tell the listeners that list. That's great content. 
To confirm, listeners, our Masters Research podcast, which is very, very popular, we are recording that on Friday. So that will be available Friday afternoon, UK time, for your listening pleasure. So you can listen to it all over the weekend before Masters Monday starts the following week. Then, of course, our main tips podcast will be released on the Tuesday. Your thoughts on the markets, chaps? Any Anyone in there that interests you? Players in there that don't interest you at all? Do you think the prices are fair? Over to you. Yeah, well, I think we'll see a lot of movement between now and Monday um, with various players. Not so much the players that are playing the Valero because there's only a dozen or so that have qualified for them. Seven, the I believe. Yeah, seven. It's not. Yeah, there might be one or two more further down the list, but there's not. There isn't many. Um, and you know, last year it was probably twenty five thirty. There was a, it was it was very different. So, um, you're not going to find a massive amount of variance um on the the markets this uh this week based on what happens at the the Valero Texas Open. Um, yeah, unless of course Ricky Fowler starts uh, motoring through, wins the tournament, and gets himself a, an eleventh hour entry into the Masters. We shall see. But yeah, no, it was interesting. You had to go, um, you know, a, a good way down the market to get the winner when when you, you know, stumped upon uh, Max Homer there at twenty five to one. So, <laughs> we shall see. Yeah, here's the list of players that are playing the Valero this week. There's nine. Got it wrong. Nine: Connors, Hatton, Matsuama, Molinari, Siwoo Kim, Cam Champ, Chris Kirk, Alex Naren, Sepp Straka. Nine players. Mm. But yeah, compared to previous years, it's uh, short. It is short. Yeah. What do you think, Barry? Is there anyone that you're itching to back? Absolutely I don't itching. Well, I've got I me mean, the Homer bet. I'm actually considering just going, you know, adding more to it and just going all in <laughs> with simplify mm. my week in terms of tracking players. Um, I don't think you concede a list that I shared in behind the scenes of players I think won't win the Masters and then me not get, put my neck on the line on the show. So here goes. Are you going <coughs> to do said, it now? You're not going to do it on Friday? I'll do. I'll read it on Friday as well, but like you can't just drop that, um, drop that there and then not read it. So <laughs> <coughs> this is on Friday evening after a few beverages, but... Really? Uh, Never very guessed. Ta- maybe very Tass will do it. So... Lines through players for the Masters. Ram, Zalatoris, Matsuyama, Fitzpatrick, Morikawa, Lowry, Hovland, Fleetwood, and Spieth. Spieth was painful for you, wasn't he? Spieth had a... Spieth had a... This is a pain... This is a painful one. Yeah, yeah. And look, I'm not saying that I don't think um, they'll just fall away and miss the cut. You know, like... There's a few of them will, you know, probably get in that top ten, top twelve to the places. But I think, uh, well, my feeling is they don't win. So rather than just one or two guys who say I don't want them to win, well, not that I don't want them, but that's what I think mm-hmm. so far. And I found that over the last couple of weeks, there was a lot of people were just like boiling hot. There seems to be just little gaps in games showing, um, showing their cracks, like, and that's what kind of drove me to. <laughs> declare that on the thread hmm. no. any 
any counters to that because I feel, I, I've been asking loads of people about their thoughts for the Masters because I feel like I'm in my own little echo chamber of like a yeah, super... That's what it's su- like. A You're super na- right. A super narrowed down bunch. Well, that's I, I feel like I'm on this like super narrowed focus on three or four guys and I can't <laughs> see anybody else winning. And so I need to kind of like blow the walls mm-hmm. of that down and get some other some other perspective on it. Yeah. Well, here you go. Here's, here's some perspective. <clears throat> three of the last four winners have been 16 to one or, or less. Three of the last four. And we always used to be a real chaser of value on this, didn't we? But Scheffler, 16 to one. Looking back, <clears throat> that was a crazy price. Crazy good price. Mm. Matsuam was 45 to one. He came from left field. So, you know, you always need to be looking for this 45 to 1, 55 to 1 Reed, 45 to 1 Garcia, 66 to 1 Willett kind of price point, because there could be a winner in there. But Scheffler, 16 to 1, DJ World number 1 at the time, 9 to 1, Tiger Woods, 16 to 1. So it's, it, you know, <clears throat> you're backing one off. <clears throat> I wish my throat would disappear. <laughs> Apologies, listeners. You're, you're, you're backing one of Scheffler, McElroy, Rahm, Spieth, Cam Smith or Justin Thomas, aren't you, on that basis? <clears throat> I can't have Cam Smith on the basis that he's paying exhibition golf. So that leaves me with one of five. JT, Spieth, Rahm, McElroy, Scheffler. I'm struggling with Spieth. I don't think but, Spieth is the player that he used to be. But every time he turns up at Augusta, it, it's just magical for him. He, yeah. he, he can he can put the ball anywhere off the tee and still find himself in position to make birdies. It's, it's a golf course mm. that we think it's about driving, but actually you look at it, it's a golf course where approach play and around the green game is vital. Mm. And that's why he does so well here, isn't it? I can't say I'm overly tempted on John Rahm, who's been showing some, you just said, Barry, showing cracks in games. Well, he's showing a lot at the moment. I watched his I watched his match play game on the opening day and the amount of three putts and he's missing, he's, no, he's over he's overhitting putts by eight feet. You're like, oh dear. Don't want to be doing that in Augusta. So you're inevitably getting down to Scotty Scheffler and Rory McIlroy, aren't you? Mm. Or there's JT just hovering there at 18 to 1. A guy that, if he could actually find the putter, would yeah. uh, be deadly right now. It's, I know it's not a putting contest, but you've, I want to see a few more putts dropping from JT. I loved that he... I mean, that, that's the three that I'm now focused on. It's Scheffler, Rory and JT. And I loved that JT took last week off. For his own reasons, not because I'm, you know, don't get me wrong, I love the match play, I want to see everybody play it, but for approaching the Masters, I thought it was a great move for him. Go down there, play it a bit more, work on the parts of the game that are just not quite satisfactory to him. Mm. Yeah. It feels like the kind of thing that, at you know, that when you're looking back on the story about how he got to winning the green jacket, that could be part of it. Um, so I'm I don't know what to do. I might just avoid Scheffler and McElroy. I might just put a win bet only on both of them and then go each way on Thomas and the up, the up maybe double, double down on Max. Yeah. 
The other thing with JT is you look below him, but you look above him, don't you? And you, you think to yourself, right, would I take JT, a two-time PGA Championship major winner, or would I take Patrick Cantlay at 20 to 1, Xander at 20 to 1, or Colin Morikawa, who can't hit the ball far, far enough to win the Masters at 20 to 1? So two points bigger on price than JT. I wouldn't take any of those three above JT for two points extra. No chance in the world. Well, I don't, just like, wouldn't can't, happen. Cantley is a mystery because for his world ranking, he's incredibly consistent, but it feels like he should be winning more. Mm. Unless he's winning tournaments that I'm just falling asleep at, I'm not yeah, even paying yeah. attention. Well, Cantley doesn't mind winning the BMW Championship at 23 under par against Bryson DeChambeau, but in majors, it's 13th, 15th, 19th. Miscut. I, Justin Thomas is re- going to come back to Thomas and his record in the Masters is just excellent. If you, like, the only one there that's gnawing away slightly is Xander, and we know it's the same every year. Isn't it? Paul said to me the other day, he said Xander twenty-two to one for to win the Masters, and it, it'd be bang on, bang on twenty-two to one. It's just that nagging price. That's exactly that where it is. He's, he's good enough to win a major. Oh, twenty-two to one. It, 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 you know, you might hit twenty fives. Is that that is just his standard price? Mm. Yep, lots to pick through over the next week or so. He mm. didn't play badly at the match play, did he, Xander? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. We have got some golf this week. We have the Valero Texas Open. I'd say it's now the um, established warm up event, isn't it? It tends, mm. it tends to be the warm up event. It used to be Houston. Now it's Valero. They've moved it around. They've jigged it about a few years. But now, Valero, Texas Open. Field's not great, but what do you expect? Um, we have... Let's just run through the prices quickly. Hatton at 12-1. to 1. Wow. Tyrrell Hatton, 12-1 to 1 favourite for a PGA Tour event. I've never seen that before. Ricky Fowler, everybody's favourite. Can Ricky qualify for the Masters this week? 18 to 1 is your chance to win this. Siwoo Kim at 20 to 1. I'm going through the bet 365 prices here. He's tied with Corey Connors. Corey Connors has only ever won one tournament in his PGA Tour career. 20 to 1. And it was here when he Monday qualified in 2019, Mm. four years ago. And you're taking 20 to 1 on Corey Connors. Good luck. Matsuama, 25 to 1 with Montgomery. Uh, we've also got Chris Kirk in there at 25 to 1. I've missed out Davis Riley at 22 to 1. 28 to 1, Matt Kuchar. 33 to 1, defending champion JJ Spawn. We then got 40 to 1, Alex Noren and Brendan uh, with Ryan Fox, Matt Wallace at 40s. 45 to 1, Brendan Todd, Cam Davis. It's 50 to 1, the bar. Those. Right. Let's talk about the course. The Oaks course at TPC San Antonio. I put here in my preview, it's not your typical US golf course. This Greg Norman design is a stretching par 72 measuring 7,438 yards. Miss the fairway here and the rough is penal. Plus, there's all, all manner of natural hazards. And I use this every year. Always makes me tether. Because I was on this guy that particular year. Remember Kevin Nahr? <laughs> <laughs> what was it, a 16 or something? Oh, 
Yeah, I was watching that live on my laptop that that Friday morning uh, or Friday afternoon. I just couldn't believe shit was going on. And the, on the play-by-play. Is, he was yeah, just yeah. off like the top 10. I think, I've got a chance here with Noah. And all of a sudden, he's literally in the middle of a cactus kind of bush. and <laughs> well, Shot nine penalties, shot 11 penalties. Wow. <laughs> um, greens, 6,400 square feet on average. They are champion Bermuda grass. Champion Bermuda grass. We move away from Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass. But again... This trend of overseeded with Poa Trivialis. Now, I got the Greenkeeper's sheet yesterday. He, he emailed to me. And there was something on there that <clears throat> is worthy of note um, in terms of what we will see this year. I'm just opening it up um, while we're, while I'm waffling here. Effectively, they've had a growth spurt down in Texas. And it says here that um, the... Oh, here you go. A warm February and March has awakened the underlying Bermuda grass. So those greens are going to be slightly interesting. There's going to be more Bermuda grass, champion Bermuda grass, on those greens than they, they usually are. Right. Worthy of note. Could be grainier. Yeah, it's relatively smooth champion anyway, but yeah, it's we'll see. Yeah, it might be a bit <clears> of grain <throat> in there. So that's a report from the course. Um mm. fairway width twenty nine yards at three hundred yards carry. So that's pretty much TP sawgrass wide fairways on a golf course that's over two hundred yards longer. And if you spread it here. You are in all manner of rocks, streams, cacti, and local foliage. And I think, <clears throat> when you look at this, you can look at it a myriad of different ways, but the one number I think is important here, and you just look at the winners here, um, you know, JJ Spawn. A very, when he's on form, very, very tight off the tee, Mid-range in terms of power, but a real ball-striking machine. Corey Connors, exactly the same. And I've got a stat here that I think is relevant. Distance from edge of fairway. So this is basically logging how wild how wild drivers are off the tee when they miss. And I just, I'm just going to read you the top um, top names here. Ches Reevy is at one. Adam Scott's at two. Adam Scott's one here. Corey Connors at five. Corey Connors a winner here. JJ Spawn at ten. Oh, he won here last year. Matt Kuchar at twelve. Well, he was second here last year. Is that there's a lot of relevance on this statistic? to players that you've seen win here and be at top of leaderboards here. Andrew Landry, he's at 32nd. He's won here. So for me, we don't want players that miss from off... I'm not interested about bombers, or you could be the shortest here. I think mid-range, a mid-range, someone that's kind of 120 on the driving distance list is pretty perfect for this. 
I'll just read you some names though. Here, within this top 35, I've got Tyler Duncan. I was all over Duncan until um, he played brilliantly at Corrales last week. And if you look at Duncan's record, he's never, ever, ever backed up a top five with another top finish the week after. Just doesn't seem to happen. But Tyler Duncan for this golf course is pretty perfect, right? Uh, Kyle Stanley, 32. Landry, 30, uh, 32 as well. Nick Taylor at 29. Austin Cook, well, he's on the post-it note of Doom, 29. Uh, it's a shame Victor Hovland isn't playing because he's at 27. You've got Ryan Armour, 26. Uh, Zach Blair, Barry, you like a bit of Zach Blair. He's at 24. Tyrrell Hatton, 23. Ryan Moore, 22. He's had success here, Moore. He's had a top three. Hayden Buckley at 20. David Lingmuth, who's in good nick at 18. Lucas Glover. Now, his form here, you just look at our strokes gained numbers for this place that Paul pulls yep. together every week. Lucas Glover is all over it, like a glove. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Wright at 15. Kuchar at 12. JJ Spawn at 10. Brendan Todd at 8. He's tied with Francesco Molinari. Siwoo Kim at 7. Corey Connors, 5. Ches Reevy at the top. <clears throat> Some of those players aren't in particularly great, Nick. But I don't think that's a bad avenue of attack. Players that do not spread the ball widely off the tee. Mm. At the other end of the um, 208th bottom, Kyle Westmoreland. Not sure I'd be going for Kyle. Brandon Matthews, Nick Watney, Jimmy Walker, who has actually won here, but back then Jimmy could actually drive the ball. Our friend, podcast friend, Ben Ann's at 199. He's on the post-it note of Doom. Um, I did see, unfortunately, Ricky Fowler down here as well. Uh, well, maybe I didn't. Maybe I'm underselling Ricky. He's driving the ball straighter than I thought he was. Anyway, that's just an avenue of attack for me. Anything you two want to mention about the course or anything you think's key this week? Is there anything you're looking for in players? We, we do see a bit of a mix here the week before a major. Um, we have had players that qualify. I'm just going back here. JJ Spawn last year wasn't in the Masters. Jordan Spieth in 21, one here at 16 to 1, had qualified for the Masters, but clearly hadn't won for something like three years. We were on him that week. Corey Connors was a um, Monday qualifier when he won here in 19. Clearly wasn't in the Masters. Ian Poulter. <clears throat> he won the week before the Masters in 2018. He was 100 to 1. He was 51st in the world. He just missed out on an automatic spot for the Masters. And then he did, he did what Ian Poulter does, says FU, and uh, won the Houston Open in a playoff from Bo Hosler. Yeah, remember that. We also had JB Holmes in 2015. <clears throat> who was 20th in the world, decided, actually, I'm not going to win the Masters next week. I'm going to actually try and nick a PGA Tour victory. He won at 28-1. to 1. So you do get a mixture of players that, um, that are in decent nick and just take the victory. And apart from that, you just get, I mean, Poulter 100-1, to 1, Connors 200-1, Spawn 200-1. to 1. You can go back to 2016. Jim Herman was 400 to 1 and won the Houston Open. Yeah. 
So you do get a lot of left field winners that have got no, you know, the Masters isn't even on their radar. It's actually keeping their card. Mm. So I don't know. I put a mix in personally. Yeah. One thing that caught me on your preview yesterday was you were talking about the weather and it um, appeared that it was going to be quite blowy for a couple of the days. Hmm. Is that still the, still the case? I knew you were going to ask me that when I didn't have that page up. <laughs> Thanks. Um, valid question. Um, it was looking particularly windy. Um, mm. The first couple of days, here we go, we have life. Let's see if that's still the case. I'm going to San Antonio International Airport wind finder. Gusting 26 miles an hour on Thursday. There is the threat of thunderstorms in the afternoon. The old 50% chance of thunderstorm classic that you get in in uh, Texas. Friday, late morning, gusting 30. Seems to be calming down in the afternoon though. So you can't really tell anything from that because theoretically they might get dragged off the course Thursday afternoon. Yeah, yeah. You could then have Thursday afternoon play Friday morning, which would seriously screw them. But then they'd be playing Friday afternoon in the in the calmer conditions. You might get you then get a little bit of spillover potentially the Saturday, Saturday and Sunday, uh, the wind disappears. And again, threat of thunderstorms. Oh, let's not have a Monday finish, for Lord's sake. <laughs> Please, no. A Monday finish before the Masters would be a nightmare. I think, yeah. though, to me, looking at this, Thursday morning might might catch, an, might catch a break with the wind. Oh, I'm looking at the... Don't scratch that. Yeah, maybe. That's on the super forecast. Looks like it might be windier in the afternoon Thursday. Yeah. It's all over the place. It's Texas. That's the trouble with Texas. The winds. Well, it's four seasons in one day. I've put that in the preview. It, it, it often is windy, isn't it? And it, yeah. it, interesting dynamic then because you could find that to get through the first two days, you're going to need to be a competent wind player. And then uh, over the weekend, that requirement disappears and it's all about making birdies and uh, recovering a score because it can play quite tough this track but I guess if you're going to have a bit of a mix you're probably still going to get up to the kind of mid-teens under par I'd imagine if it's not windy all all four days yeah 13 under last year we have seen it as low as 20 under 18 under I can remember when they started playing here, it was evil, wasn't it? You know, you're having single-digit winners, yeah, yeah. but they, they've softened the course since then. Mm. Uh, they, they they don't tend to make those greens as crispy as they used to. They got the PGA Tour edict, get the hoses out in the morning. We want birdies. We want birdies. We don't want bogeys. Right, I've got some honourable... I'm, I'm adding honourable mentions every week. Here are some of my honourable mentions. I didn't tip them up, but I think they've got a good chance. Um, Francesco Molinari is likely to bite me on the arse. 125 to 1 with Unibet, six places each way. You can grab him. The best eight places each way price is 90 to 1 with Bet365. Molinari, pretty perfect for this place. A grinder, straight off the tee. Doesn't miss badly. We mentioned his name earlier. 
someone that's very high up in my strokes game metrics at the moment and is a real talent, whether he can handle this golf course is the thing that put me off him, was Ak Shea Bartia, 125 to 1. That's with Bet365. And the other one, <clears throat> you might not... I mean, this is someone that Paul would cover off in more detail. He, he's a DP World Tour guy this year. Kasuki Higa, 110 to 1 for a player that's... Is he top 50 in the world or fringy? He's, he's right on the cusp. He's, he's right up there in the world rankings. Kazuki Higger, yep. great player. Didn't think he was a bad shout, 110 to 1. Yeah, well, he's playing he, some really good stuff out, out in, in out in Asia on the DP World Tour. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's Masters qualified as well, so he's... Uh, Must uh, be in just, the top 50, then. Yeah, just um, just warming up for next week, by the looks of it. Higabartia Francesco Molinari. First one I'm in on. Oh, I'll tell you what I need to do and what I haven't done. I need to take you through the Bet365 bookmaker. <laughs> Best bookmaker for the Valero. Bet365, who has ever had their each-way extra market available, which gives you the option to increase or decrease the number of places when you are betting pre-event on the Valero Texas Open to win outright market. Hi, I have used their eight places each way at 50 odds market specifically. I know Barry often uses up to 12 places to maximise his chances of a return. Right now, as we record the pod, they are offering market best odds and eight places each way on. Hideki Matsuama at 25 to 1. Taylor Montgomery at 25 to 1. Thomas Dietrich at standout 50 to 1. Or how about young hotshot Akshay Bhatia? He's 125 to 1 with Bet365, eight places each way. As short as 80 to 1 with Paddy Power. We, uh, we recommend Bet365. If you are 18 plus and do not have a Bet365 sports account, you can find details of their current Bet £10, get £30 in free bets, new customer promotion, plus a link through to that very offer with T's and C's in the podcast description. Don't forget to use the bonus code SPORT30, SPORT30, when registering. Right, my first tip, I have gone for Chris Kirk. Very, very prominent in my eight-week strokes. Gain numbers, he's got a great record here. Now, Chris Kirk, he could be, the you know, some most years on the Ryder Cup race, you get a player. I mean, I've, I've seen Ryan Moore do this in the past. You go way back to Kenny Perry. A player that's just under the big elite names and just, you know, winds his way into a Ryder Cup spot by playing well in pretty domestic level tournaments. Yeah. Chris Kirk will not in any way, shape or form think that he's got a chance of putting a green jacket on his shoulders next week or Augusta. But I tell you what, he's probably turning up this week thinking, you know what, if I play the golf I've been playing recently, I could nick this. Plays very, very well in Texas. Was decent enough at the world match play last week. He was actually 13th for strokes gained on approach in the group stages. So his irons are still firing. Great win player. Within our predictor model, Paul, he's top five for wind play over the last five years. Yeah, yeah, saw that. So I took Kirk 30 to 1, eight places each way, bet 365 each uh, each way extra facility. 
He's that player. I'm putting him in there. I think he could be the glue that might hold this week together if loads of my players are all over the place. I think Kirk is the one that you put in there as a kind of each-way banker, hoping that it will be there or thereabouts to get you a return, if not win it, come Sunday afternoon. Mm. So Kirk's in there for that facility. I've got JJ Spawn, the defending champion, at 35-1, to eight places each way with William Hill. Beat Matt Fitzpatrick, Sahith Tigala and Minwoo Lee last week at the match play. Can't be playing bad golf, can he? No, no, it was, there was some good stuff in there. He was sixth for approach, fifth for tee to green, and fourth for strokes gained total across the group stages of the match play last week. Only Cameron Young, runner-up, Lucas Herbert lost to McElroy in the last 16 by a hole, and Kurt Kitayama, quarter-finalists, ranked higher. So literally, if you're looking at a sheet of paper, who played well in the match play, who who fits this course perfectly, JJ Spawn took him 35 to 1. One and a half points each way. And I, I'm starting to fall off this defending champion kind of want to stay away from them because we see a lot of defending champions now actually take out the title the next year. Hovland, Burns, KH Lee, Scotty Scheffler, to name a few recently. Mm. So yeah, thirty-five to one, JJ Spawn. This this field is poor. Let's let's be frank. So you know, it's one of those weeks where you might need to hold your nose. I cannot get to. I cannot get to Ricky Fowler, second favourite, eighteen to one, on a week where he has to win to make the Masters. I, I can't hold my nose enough. And <clears throat> bet three six five. First thing I saw on my screen this morning. They've boosted him. They've given they've given Ricky the boost. Dangle and that McCarran. tends to be the that tends to be the death nail, doesn't it, to anybody? <laughs> be it football bet, golf bet. If there's one company that know who to boost, it's Bet365. Yeah. Got that carrot dangling. See who takes it. Yeah. So those are my two towards the top of the market. Who are you guys fancying this week? Are you, are you mid? Have you got one high? Have you got lower prices? Do you want me to keep going? No. Well, I've got I've got a couple um, sub three figures, and then I've got four four fi- uh, four figures <laughs> four three figure. Wow. Well, that's not a bad idea here because you do get some outlandish winners. Yeah, Take us through your mid guys. Well, one of them is just. Uh, cover bet really i i want i want i have bet hideki matsuyama and i had a lot of reservations because he pulled out last week from the third uh third match with a you know inverted commas neck injury and we do know with hideki that sometimes the back and the neck does play up and um, he said it was a bit stiff it doesn't sound like a fatal injury to me and if he's if he's bad let's hope he pulls out and uh, doesn't doesn't even play but um, I suspect he's probably okay and he'll probably be warming up this week. Now, if you look, apart from Tyrrell Hatton's second-place finish at TPC Sawgrass, Hideki's fifth there two or three weeks ago is by far the best form on show out there from the players. Um, he's got some form here. He was fourth after day one on debut and finished 30th over, overall. Actually played last year and then withdrew after the first round, and that was with a, another um, one of these neck-stroke-back injuries so I've not gone mad in Hideki um, <clears throat> but I kept looking at his name 25 to 1 in this field and thought well if he's fit then 
I think he's got a chance. So, so yeah, I've covered him off. Um, the the one that I've got a little bit more faith in, hopefully, is um, Adam Schenk at sixty to one. Um, he had a great chance, didn't he, to win the Valspar the week before last, and mm. ultimately hit it behind that tree on the seventy second hole. Had to chop out, make bogey, and uh, he, he lost by a shot in the end, didn't he? But that was a tough test. Um, Ten under one, I suspect we'll be a little bit deeper, but not a massive amount deeper this week. Um, and he's had a week off to uh, to get himself ready and uh, hopefully good to go again this week. I just, to be fair, that was his 10th consecutive week that he'd been playing on tour. So um, I think he deserved a week off. Seventh here back in 2019. Um, he was second at a halfway point. Uh, I think if he can play again like he did a fortnight ago, then he's got a chance. Um, it's some really good numbers coming out of his uh, effort um, at the uh, Valspar. Uh, 12th for strokes going tee to green, 8th for strokes going approach, 2nd for strokes going putting. There was lots to like in his game, and I think he can uh, transfer that to this week's task, um, given that he's got a little bit of form here in the past as well. So Schenk, yeah, 60 to 1. All the rest of mine, as I say, are um, longer prices, so we can go through them a little bit later. Barry, anything from you at that level? I'm really struggling this week. I've got too much uh, Masters in, bouncing around the head. I mean, I just did up a new um, a predictor model there, and Podrick Harrington got himself up to fourth. It's um, I don't I don't know why. It, it okay, just where I'm coming from. This week seems like there's uh, or feels to me like there's a whole bunch of different narratives slash reasons, and none of them why a player could go well, and none of them are bigger than the other. So you've got all these converging. Um, reasons why you could pick certain golfers or why certain ones could go well, but there's no overwhelming theme to drive me towards one particular style of player or another. And it seems in a kind of a messy week, I'm just going to go a bit messy with my bets and not put too many on either. So I, I think I'm just going to back Harrington just for just for fun. Um, he's 90 to 1. Playing well. Anyway, I'm going to get past that. I can't go for any of the top guys. I'm not going to go near Hideki. Um, I know I say price proud and all, but I'm not going near Ricky at 18 to 1. Uh, especially when like he's trying to get his first win in a while and it's got the, the carrot of yeah, you know, a Masters. Exactly. It's just, it's all too much. It's all too I, much. I thought that through logically. I was on speed 16 to 1 here two years ago, but speed knew he was playing the Masters. He was just desperate for any kind of win and he was playing some great golf with the approach play. Not only are you lumbering Ricky with qualifying by a win, he hasn't won for how many years on the PGO Tour? And it's all got to come together in one four-day magical sweep. Mm, fairy story if it does. At 18-1. to one. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I th- I feel like Poulter might be the unicorn or the unique person in that kind of scenario that is bullheaded enough to be able to pull it off. Yeah, I just exactly. like, I think he might be one of yeah the only guys on the planet that could do that at that particular week. And like you said, f you to everybody. I'm going to go get this now because I feel slighted because I finished fifty first in is the that rankings. Ricky? I'm not sure. No, I don't. I don't think it doesn't feel like it is. Um. I went for a, I went for a player this week. He's third in my strokes gained tee to green metrics over the last eight weeks. 
He's third for strokes gained total current form over the last eight weeks. By the way, Nikolai Hoygaard is number one for listeners. I've gone for Ryan Fox. And you mentioned this earlier, Barry. Needs a top 21 finish this week to get his special temporary membership of the PGA Tour. And what that then means is he can play as much PGA Tour golf as he wants up to the Wyndham Championship. And if he gets to the top 125 in terms of his points against the FedEx Cup points, because he won't be an official member, so he can't qualify for the playoffs. But if he can actually build up enough points to become theoretically in the top 125, he gets a full card for next year. So I think that's a big carrot for someone like Ryan Fox. It's huge. Yeah. I was 20th, very tempted. 11th, 17th, 14th, 27th, 17th over his last six appearances. Bearing in mind that the 14th was at the Arnold Palmer, the 27th was at the Players' Championship. Uh, with respect, this is not the Arnold Palmer Invitational or the Players' Championship this week. So yeah, I thought forty to one about Ryan Fox. You know, when you look at these num- your numbers as opposed to the odds board, and you think, well, there's a lot of value in that Ryan Fox price. I'll just take it. Mm. I was tempted by him looking looking through it, but on a week like this, where he he will know for sure he needs to finish what T twenty one or better. That's mm. his that's his cut number. I think that's going to be more of a, a magnet to his scoring level for the week than the win. As much yeah, as he'll want to, ju- as much as he'll want to, just be, be right up there and have it done and dusted, and then the twenty, you know, not even twenty first is not even a consideration. He's so far ahead of it. I feel like that kind of number becomes uh, like the cut line almost for him, and yeah. maybe pulls mm-hmm. him to it. Potentially, that was the I only thing that Gary, stopped me backing him. I remember Garrick Higo winning Palmetto the week before the U.S. Open, twenty two and fifty to one, and people were like. So I used to do it. Oh, he's not a PJ to a member. I'm not interested. And he just came over here, mm. playing good golf, bang, wins. Mm. And that was a, another week event. Anyway, I'm on Fox at 41. I just I can see where you're heading with that. Uh, I've got Aaron Rye. Now, that, here's a player that's absolutely perfect for this golf course, Aaron Rye. Fairways and greens, fairways and greens, fairways and greens. Half a reasonable chipping game. Can't putt. But Aaron Rye, bang on, mate. Bang on for this. I took 50 to 1, eight places each way with William Hill and Aaron Rye. His one win, Scottish Open 2020 on the DP World Tour, European Tour as was, was 11 under par. He beat Tommy Fleetwood. Windswept to fair. I think Rye is the kind of guy that can hang around in the wind. Mm. Yeah, it was tough that week. Tough and cold that week from memory. He ranks top 20 for off the tee, top 15 for approach, top 5 for tee to green across my eight-week strokes gain tracker. And I think he was 29th here last year. Yeah, he shot a Thursday 67, Saturday 68. He was 7th heading Sunday, went backwards. He was noticeable. I think he was top 5 at the players last time he played and then just disappeared under the heat. I don't think there's going to be as much heat this week. I could just see Aaron Rye going well. Do you think he takes any motivation from Wallace winning last week? Yeah, I did. A, I did. A, I did a Twitter search yesterday. 
I did, in fact, I did an internet search. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to sit in San Francisco and see some of the searches people put in. My search was, are Matt Wallace and Aaron Rye friends? <laughs> and do you know what it brought up? It brought up this tweet from three years ago where Aaron Rye had sent some uh, Dubai dollars to Matt Wallace because Matt Wallace's mum had lent him some cash to... Um, to I think it, he, she'd lent him some cash that she could give to the um, that he could give to the guys in the locker room as a tip for the week, right? And and Matt Wallace was just going, oh Aaron Rye, such a nice you know such a nice lad, la 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 la, all these you know, all these lovely comments about Aaron Rye. So whether they're friends or not, I don't know. But you could see someone like Aaron Rye taking a lot from Wallace's win last year. Just think, well, if Matt can do it, I can bloody well do it. Now, we're not asking him to win the Masters. We're asking him to win the Valero Texas Open where Ricky Fowler's an 18-to-1 shot. Yeah. Yeah, no, I could, I can see the logic with um, you know, countrymen winning and it, it starts to make people believe that they can then go and step up and, mm. again, win a PGA Tour event. You know, any, any of these Euro guys are coming over, the, the Hoy Guards, the, you know, the, as you say, the Darren Rise. Um it, it doesn't feel like it's out of the uh, out of the realms of possibility to to convert a convert a winner. Where Rye does appear on leaderboards, it's the tougher test. I mean, he was sick last year at Torrey Pines. You know, he he plays these tougher courses well because it isn't a putting contest. No, fairways and greens, and when you're missing fairways, don't miss them by a lot. That's Aaron Rye's game. He's made six out of eight cuts so far this year, so I think he's just getting his head around the fact that he does belong on the PGA Tour and he can compete on the PGA Tour. So, yeah, I'm on right. The other one I was amazed by his price. Absolutely amazed. He doesn't seem to get any respect whatsoever is Nick Taylor. I mean, I got 66 to 1 on Nick Taylor. Eight places each way with Bet365. I think that's mad. 257th he started the year on the world rankings. He's up to 67th. He played in the world match play last week. He's a two-time winner on the PGA Tour. How many players can you say are two-time winners in this field? Not that many. No. How many people could you say, like Nick Taylor at, at Phoenix this year, Nick Taylor was in the heat of the battle against some of the best players in the world and did not crumble at the Waste Management Phoenix Open? And I got him a 66 to 1. Yeah. 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 So I do like the idea of, uh, of, of Taylor. You've been sniffing around him a bit this year, haven't you? I mean, he's had four top 10 finishes this season mm. and an additional two top 20s. Yeah. And he's like, he's he, he was like 20, uh, 10 points or 15 points bigger than Benny Arn, for Lord's sake. Yeah. No, there's bits to like with him. Mm. My last one is a, a, is a triple digit. Pun. So you move over to you, Paul. You've got lots of triple digit um, <laughs> players. Yeah, I've, I've sprinkled a bit. Further I bet now. you haven't got mine though. Uh, no, I haven't. No, no, no. We've, we've covered. You're, you're not a fan us, of his. So. I know that. <laughs> um, I backed uh, Patton Kazaya. Um, I've got 110 to one early doors, eight places each way. There's still 100 to, 100 to one out there. Um, up and down, isn't he? Patton Kazaya. Is one of those streaky kind of players. 11th at the Amex and then uh, four straight mixed, missed cuts, 65th at the Sawgrass. Um, and then 10th at Valspar last time out. And actually, the long game looked much, much better. 11th for driving accuracy. Um, that's not Patton Kazaya. 
Strokes gain positive off the tee, um, strokes gain approach and strokes gain tee to green. So the long game looked good, um, which given that the guy can putt lights out, um, then you know there's a potent combination if he can can stick with a decent long game performance this week. Uh, if he's windy first couple of days and everyone's going to be missing greens and um, he was eighth for scrambling last time out as well. So um, the short game seems to be working as well. Ninth here back in 2019, close with a 65, couple of third place finishes in Texas over the years as well. The Byron Nelson um, and at the Charles Schwab, both of those back in 2019. Twice a winner on tour, as you just said. There's not many in this field who are multiple PGA Tour no. winners. So, um, again, another one of these guys that needs to win to get into Augusta, but uh, a three-figure price. Um, I think he's got more uh, scope than many of the players here. A couple that have been mentioned already by you and Barry. Um, actually, Batia, I've backed 125 to 1. Uh, I was on him last week, and I'll stick with him for another week. He did shoot that 63 in the second round. Um, mm. Got him up to fourth place at halfway. I had high hopes of him at that point, I must say. Uh, three under through eight in the final day, and I thought he might just sneak a place and then uh, bogeyed both of the par fives on the way home and uh, slipped down to twenty fourth. But there's some numbers coming out of his game which are good. Third for strokes gain, or third for accuracy rather, driving accuracy last week. Third for greens in regulation. So, um, in terms of the old style stats, there was some uh, some numbers to like last week. Um, Patrick Harrington, you mentioned Barry. I got him, believe it or not, 200 to 1 with eight places each way. Um, that's a mad price. Wow. A player. <laughs> that's, uh, that's juicy, isn't it? Do you want to sell um, a percentage? <laughs> well, I think, again, going back to the wind, I think the wind levels out, levels it out a little bit here. And, uh, yeah, Padraig still thinks that he can compete at this level. And, uh, well, who's to say he can't? He was fourth in Abu Dhabi at Rolex Series level back in January. Now, the level of that field, you know, regardless of what the actual metrics say, um, the level of that field and the, the players that he was competing against would be far higher than what we're seeing here this week. Um, and he finished fourth. Um, he was fourth at the US PGA Championship back in 2021. He still hits it a long way, and I think he, and a little bit of length here, doesn't hurt. Um, it? Four wins on the seniors since June last year. Decent performances over the last couple of weeks on the seniors. There's, oh yeah. Here's my here's my my rationale is like if he wins if Harrington wins on the DP World Tour the PGA Tour do any of us bat an eyelid or we go oh yeah he's more than good enough I don't think it would be it would be a like a noticeable surprise but not shocking no I think he might make Luke Donald's team that would be class (laughs) (laughs) when he after he wins this. We'll see. Uh, yeah, no, well, that winning might be a little bit fanciful, but uh, uh, could he sneak into a top eight? Yeah, I don't when, you, when you look at what he does now on the senior tour, he's a he's a very strong tour a player. And as we said, he played well in Dubai this year. Was it Abu Dhabi Abu first? Dhabi, yeah, yeah he, he can mix it at this level. There's no way that Patrick Harrington can't at least make the cut this week. I tell you what, he'd be a great DraftKings play. Mm. Yeah, and he'd be, be very, sure. very under-owned, as we know. Yeah, because the stat the stats in all the optimizer models in the in the, in the North America won't have barely any of his data. No, uh, so yeah, yeah. There you go. If you if you're a DK player and you want to play something obtuse, Padraig Harrington. Yeah, 
It's got a top 10 error as well. Finished 10th back in 2013. So it, it takes a lot of boxes for a guy further down it. the list. Um, the other one is completely left field. Ricky Barnes, 500 to 1. Um, he did mm-hmm. say that we've had some winners further down that kind of level. Uh, 42 years old now, still not one on tour. But last couple of efforts, 33rd in Puerto Rico, 7th last week in Corrales, 3rd mm. for putting average um, last week. So some decent putting numbers coming out. 7th and 8th for scrambling over the last two efforts as well. So yeah. short game's working. 4th here back in 2016. Second uh, at the US Open back in t- 2009, 10th at the Masters. You know, back in the day, Ricky Barnes was a, a player that you could see racking up a fair few trophies and they've just never arrived, have they? Never won. No, never got there. Proper journeyman. But um, yeah, seventh last week. Can he continue that and uh, get something similar this week? 500 to 1. Wow, that's a couple of quid from my money. So I can remember you and, him, you and me following Ricky Barnes around Turnbury. Yeah. <laughs> and he had the old woolly hat on. Yeah. Those were the days, eh? Those were the days. He was actually top 50 in the world battling, I believe. That's what I say, yeah. You know, that, that was the year. He'd finished uh, second at the US Open. US Open, yeah. That's right. uh, finished 10th at the Masters the year after as well. He was, he was a good player. And yeah, you could have seen him, you know, mm. notching a fair few trophies. They just, just haven't arrived. But yeah, for a guy who finished 7th last week, I know it was the Corrales, but good metrics coming out of his game, 500 to 1. Worth a quid. I'm going to take you through my triple digit player. I'm not going to mention his name up top, but we'll we'll play this as a bit of a quiz. Finished top 10 in a major. That was the 2019 PGA Championship. He finished third in a WGC. That was the 2020 Mexico Championship. And he qualified for the 2021 Tour Championship. Top 30 player on the PGA Tour in 2021. If I told you the tournament he won that year, it'd give it away quite quickly, but I will. It's Barracuda Championship. Last, uh, Not last time, because he played last week in Corrales, and he made the cut, and he played okay. Played okay. Started well. But the week before that, at Copperhead, he was first for greens in regulation, fourth for total accuracy, fifth for ball striking. So that basically tells you that he was hitting it nicely off the tee, straight. Iron game was very, very consistent. That translated strokes gained to second for approach that week, sixth for tee to green. He was 14th here on his only start in 2021, where he was 4th after 36 holes, 10th going into Sunday. That week, he ranked 1st for off the tee on this golf course, 10th for tee to green. I am going for the enigma, who is Eric Van Ruen. 125 to 1, 8 places each way. Bet 365, each way extra facility. He's had a 6th and a 10th so far this season. I think he's going well, Van Roon. The kind of player, you know, who would win this and you'd go, yeah, touch a class about Van Royen. Gets himself into the Masters next week from complete left field. There you go. So I'm on Van Royen. One thing he did do last well, he's, the thing that's really made him stand out for me compared to where he was, he was or he's actually started hitting a decent amount of fairways. And that's what you need around here. 
Because if he's spreading it, as we know, he's in deep, deep trouble. Mm. So, yeah, Van Royen. So, just to recap on mine, Van Royen, Nick Taylor, who I still can't believe I got 66 to 1. Aaron Wright, 50 to 1. Ryan Fox, 40 to 1. JJ Spawn, 35 to 1. Chris Kirk, 30 to 1. I was listening to Rick Gaiman today on YouTube, and he runs his numbers. A fantastic, fantastic um, contributor, Rick Gaiman. He had Chris Kirk and he had uh, Nick Taylor in his top four for this tournament over the last 36 rounds. So I take that as a bit of a positive. Mm. What about you guys? Do you want to recap? Uh, have, have you got any more, Barry, by the way? Sorry. No, no I, I don't want to get sucked in too deep. Because I could just scattergun a whole, like a half dozen or a dozen bets. You're still trying to work out how much putting drill JT's doing right now, aren't you? Over in um, kind, over kind, in yeah. Florida, is is you? You're just hoping he's on that putting green twelve hours a day with his dad, aren't you? Yeah, I'm mulling over a bet on Hoygard. Mm. Yeah. Oh, like I said, number one strokes gain total last eight weeks in this field. Big performance last week. It's, it's you know it's a nice price at fifty to one. Yeah, I don't know. Is he a bit of a spreader though, Paul? You watch him week yes. in week out. To me, he's so aggressive off the tee. This is the he problem. Fifty sixth for driving accuracy last week. Yeah, and, and really precise, wide fairways. Precisely what put me off because he hits an absolute mile, um, but they can be. You know, very left, very right. There's, there's no, there's no stock miss for, for Nikolai. And uh, as you said, the further you get away from the fairway here, the more difficult, um, yeah. the more likely it is you're not going to be able to make par. And he's got bags of talent, absolute bags of talent. But if, if he, I were to choose between one of the Hoy guards this week, it would be Rasmus. If you know, if there were, if if that were the option, um, because I think he's got a slightly more suitable game for this, but. Hmm. Uh, yeah, never say never. The guy can hit it a mile. He, you know, he might tear up the par fives and manage to get himself hmm. around that way. I'll say one thing, Barry. This is my opinion of Nikolai. If if he does get special temporary membership on the PGA Tour, there are going to be many, many, many tracks in America that suit his game down at the ground. Just yeah. bomb it as far as you can. Yeah. Absolutely. In fact, this tour would suit him more than the DP World Tour. Mm. I think so. Yeah. But I'm not sure on this course. Yeah. No, exactly what pissed me off. But um, yeah, the, the, the price is there. It's, you know, 50 to 1 worth a, worth a risk if you fancy it. It's, uh, values in the eye of the beholder, as ever. I haven't placed a bet yet. We'll see. I, I, it, seems I like done, it, see, it, it seems like an open week. That a yeah, lot, a lot of different, yeah, very open. entry points to the vic- to the to the victory. A lot of different avenues can be yeah. kind of found to get to the win. So, um, and I suppose that kind of our picks would kind of back that up. That we're a yeah. bit all over the place. So, hopefully, one yeah. of us got like uh, blindly lucky. <laughs> well, let's hope there's a fairy story there somewhere, and someone mm. does um, make it through to the Masters as a result of their efforts this week. We need a Justin Thomas tracker. Is is Justin at medalist practicing his putting? 
Because everything else is perfect. He just needs to learn to putt again. Perhaps it'll all come good. Mm. He'll probably be trying out about 30 different putters. Right, that's us done. Let's let's uh, let's 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 close this one off. Um, I hope your bets go well, chaps. Best of luck, boys. You too, boys. I hope listeners' bets go well. They're DK teams. Don't forget Paddy Harrington, low owned. Blame Barry if it all uh, Paul actually if it all goes wrong. Um, we will be back on Friday for our 2023 Masters Research Podcast. And one thing I failed completely to mention. This was our 250th episode, so well done, Barry. Well done, Paul. We're 250 up. There you go. Nice milestones. Absolutely. We'll see you again on Friday for the uh, Masters Research Preview. See you later. If you like betting on golf, but everyone that you back misses the cut, get some experts involved. All the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf